gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice. The superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the hall of justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, Bob. And what he does is the Hall of Justice Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. If you're listening to this when it's downloaded, yes, we are still in quarantine. I will be opening every show in the quarantine like that, because if you're listening in the future, please tell us how we're getting out of this, please. I, I would love some information. Say, I listened to you back with a, episode 180. I listened to you back and it's 2021 and you're telling us how we got out of this thing. Um, you know our propensity for voice actors. If you think about the history of this show, um, that's our favorite. I mean, that's that's so our favorite. Look, I love the movie reviews and talking to writers and directors is fun. But if there's anything about this genre that captivates your imagination, it's voice actors. And we've been lucky. We've had some of the greats. And we have another great today. And, you know, she has been in so many shows. And it's so funny how what a dork I am, because she has been in some iconic shows that I've never seen. But she's been in some anything with a superhero involved. I guarantee you I've seen every episode. So it's going to be very, very interesting to hear how bored she is with me and whether or not I can entertain her. Kari Walgren is a voice actor. She's been in Phineas and Ferb. She's been in the Avengers, Star Wars. There's been so much in her resume, and we're going to go through it all. But she is kind enough while she's stuck at home, not doing a thing. Kari Walgren joins us here on the Hall of Justice. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Seth. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> tell me, tell, you know, how is how has it been going? How does a voice actor who can't go on auditions go on auditions? Uh, I tell you what, we've been pretty fortunate right now um, because most of the auditions people do from home anyway. So auditions have continued on pretty much like normal for, for most voice actors. Uh, the sessions, uh, it's been kind of a learning curve for everybody, really mm -hmm. quickly adapting and evolving. I, I equated it to to one of my friends, like one of those horror movies where, you know, the the whatever the sci-fi substance is, it like learns and like starts <laughs> adapting and shifting and everything. So the, every, every single day people are figuring out, okay, we can do uh, a session through Source Connect or we can skype for adr so we've been really lucky to to actually keep working uh during this time just slowly but surely well it's funny because you mentioned that because i'm you know i, I i'm an audio snob i mean I, it, podcasting to me you never want a reason for someone not to hear you and so i yeah. i i searched for years just to find a good audio platform and what i always can tell is i can tell in an instant like if you play four seconds of one of the previous episodes i can tell you if it was interviewed in person i can tell you if it was done on this current service that i use if i could tell you if it was done before then i can hear four seconds so if you're watching some of your work and i guess i should probably ask do you watch any of your earlier work <laughs> if you watch it could you tell where it was recorded if it was in a studio in your house or something like that not really i mean honestly whenever I do listen to things, but I don't always watch the stuff that I've done because I'm just super critical. Uh, uh, but when I do watch it back, uh, I'm always thinking more about the performance. Like, oh, I could have done that line a little better. Oh, this could have been better. Or sometimes I think, hey, that, uh, that didn't turn out shabby. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm usually more fo focused on the actor side of it. I don't tweet, uh, don't tweet that, though. <laughs> oh no, no no trust me i could go on and on and on for uh on my love for engineers and and oh, uh, sure. 
good audio and the importance of that in the whole process, which is why I hope we get back to normal as soon as possible. Cause man, those are, those are the people that really make you sound good. I mean, I was doing my research to, you know, to get ready, you know, as I was going to meet anybody, I would want to know somebody. It's kind of my dating policy too. Um, is, have you really done over a hundred things like a, a hundred things in either animation, video games or anime or something like that? Is that true? Uh, well, I, I'm going to... You're younger than me. That's, that, this makes me feel so unaccomplished. You know, I'm going to take this moment to to say something a little douchey, just a <laughs> tiny douchey, and say that I've been lucky enough at, at this point to do over 500 plus things in my career uh, at this wow. point. So it's it's actually, they haven't kicked me out of town yet. That's pretty amazing. Uh, it, it, it's it's just amazing. I mean, that that that's tr- that's truly something... I don't want to do this in chronological order because I like to play the hits and I just want to, you know, bounce around and go off tangents. But um, how did how did you know this was something you wanted to do? Like, and this, and this isn't going to sound sexist because it's not what I mean. But if you have James Earl Jones's voice, you have to do voiceover. Like, you you can't <laughs> you can't not like that's the law. Um, the and law. I'll yeah. I'll hear people and I'll hear people and I'll go, dude, how are you not? you know, voicing the open to shows and things like that. Like, how are you not doing commercials? Your voice, while I, it's distinguished because I know and I've seen your work and I've listened to, to your voice, but you sound like a person. You sound like a young lady. Like, what do you mean, Seth? <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm sorry, go on. <laughs> how did that, how did you, how, how, does, how does this get to the point where this became your passion? Not how did you get accepted because I, your, your work speaks for itself. But how did you get, how did you get your passion for doing things behind a microphone, not necessarily a camera? Uh, you know, it's it's funny. Um, I, I loved cartoons from a really early age, and apparently, when I was a kid, I told my parents one day I'm going to be the voice of a Disney cartoon, and so I, I kind of had this sense really early on that someone was doing the voices behind the cartoons that I was watching. So yeah. I would walk around the house and I would act out the cartoons and I was recording my voice on cassette tapes, a <laughs> hundred years old. Uh, wow. You know, so I was recording my voice um, in, in grade school and, and mailing it to people and being like, I want to be on your show or I want to do this. So it just, for some reason, it was really on my, my radar really early. Wow. And so even though, you know, as I grew up, like I thought, man, I, I want to be able to, to do TV. I want to be able to do uh, theater, et cetera, et cetera. Like voiceover was always in the mix as far as something that I really wanted to do. Um, so I, I just ha- kind of have always been, at least pursuing it to some degree. Um, and I had gotten a voice, my first voiceover agent when I was living in Kansas city and, uh, started booking some radio commercials there. Uh, but always with an eye towards animation. And so when I moved to Los Angeles, one of the big motivating factors with, with that was to pursue more, uh, more animation. Kansas City, are you Chiefs? Are you Royals? Uh, Chiefs, absolutely. Uh, man, the the Super Bowl was such a, a a wonderful thing. My brother and I have been watching Chiefs games my entire life, and they've never won. So it was, it was <laughs> that's awesome. true. So uh, I have a. Yeah. That's cool. That, that that's awesome. I have a funny uh, Patrick Mahomes story. Tell me. So, so I met Patrick Mahomes when he was three years old <laughs> and and played catch with him. His dad. And how was it? <laughs> he had quite a grip. No, um, he um, he was so so I, I I've covered baseball for 26 years and I was in twin spring training. And his dad was a player and I was friendly with his dad, but more friendly with 
his friends. Um, these two players, Tory Hunter and Latroy Hawkins, are, are good buddies of mine. And they were playing for the Twins. And I guess on the day that we were in spring training, it was like, bring your kids to work day. And all these little kids were running around. And this three-year-old baby, when I was trying to set up an interview with Tory Hunter, and this three-year-old was walking around with like a little baseball, like a foam baseball. And this part I don't remember, but I was told after he won the Super Bowl MVP that he tossed the ball to me and I cut and I threw it back at him. That in my book constitutes a catch. We played catch and he he was three. I, I, it was so weird. And it is my life's work because I do this other podcast called Sports with Friends, and it's my goal now to get him on to, to corroborate this. At three oh, years right. old, he, he should remember this more than I do. This is, I tell you, this is my, the saddest thing about, well, okay, no. No, I want to preface this. It's not the saddest thing. It's just sad that baseball season is probably not doomed. To, You're a big baseball yeah. fan, huh? I... You know, it's funny because I grew up with the Royals. I remember kind of watching uh, on TV with my dad and stuff like that. But but I started going to live games when I moved to Los Angeles. So I really became a Dodgers fan. And um, so I really lo- look forward to baseball season every year. And uh, so I've had a couple moments of being a little sad that that's a little doomed for now. So I'm I'm hoping eventually to to get back out to the ballpark so yeah eventually i you know they're in a real tough spot i think everybody's in a tough spot and you know a couple of episodes here on the podcast we talked about it from the standpoint of entertainment because i think people are going to be very leery to go to movie theaters you know and this debate of or you know for example for black widow um you know what do they wait and release it in the theaters or do you try what trolls just did and you know, being a voice person, I'm sure you know all about the production of Trolls. They made it over the weekend. Again, if you're listening to this in the future, tell me how the flying car is. Um, they made it uh, a $20 rental. So it's it's kind of the equivalent of if you bought, you know, three or four tickets to the theater and you got to see it and then it disappeared after 48 hours. So it hasn't been officially home video released, but you can you can rent it. Um which is a very strange thing. And, you know, in baseball, to me, the the fear, at least from sports, is I don't think the fans are the problem. I think it's the players infecting each other. We saw that in the NBA, and I think that's what baseball has to be worried about. Well, I mean, it's hard to say because, you know, you're crammed in there pretty tightly with a lot. Um, So it's – man, it's it's just hard to say. I I mean – I like the fact that movies are getting released a little bit earlier. I actually did some in, uh, some incidental voices on the new Trolls movie. So there you go. That, yeah, so I was excited to see that one in the theater, but you know, it's uh, obviously now it's it's shifted. But um, but man, it gives people a way to to still be enjoying uh, entertainment and media while they're in the house and. No, I, I, I know the debate. I understand. I understand the debate. I know both sides. I get it. Uh, I just worry, you know, for example, let's let's just use baseball as the example. You have, you know, let's say 25 players. You have 10 coaches and trainers and you have, you know, whatever official. So it's 40 people. Can you guarantee that when they get home from the ballpark, all they're doing is going to a hotel? Like you can't. You're not going to police 40 guys. And then if, if one guy goes out and he goes to get you know, Italian food, and that guy has it. Now he's infected, doesn't know it. He's in the clubhouse. Now they're all infected. It's, yeah. I mean, it's it's a no-win situation right now. Right. I think. Um, and as to when that's going to be, uh, you know, less of a, a real threat, you know, I, I hope sooner rather than later. Um, but, yeah, it's hard. It's, it, everything's pretty much much uh ghost town right now so oh it's so strange it, it, it must be strange you're, you're in la right you're driving around yeah. like just driving around some of the la freeways that are normally just nothing but traffic and just the Please. idea that you're flying down these roads it must be so awkward 
it's so bizarre. It's very apocalyptic. <laughs> uh, I can but imagine. on the other hand, the, the air quality is amazing. So I don't know. <laughs> That's, right. That's, that <laughs> That's right. Because there's no cars. <laughs> yeah. Before we get back to the show, I just want to tell you about a very cool announcement that was recently made about the Hall of Justice. We are so excited that this show is now available to stream free on Spotify. Spotify, folks, that is the what the young kids are using. Spotify is something my kids use. If you haven't tried listening there yet, it's it's a downloadable app. You can use Spotify on any device, iPhone, Samsung, Android, whatever you want to do. It's a great listening experience. You go straight from listening to music. You can listen to Prince. You can listen to superhero songs. You know the kind of stuff I listen to. And then switch right over to this podcast in the very same app. Just search for The Hall of Justice on Spotify and start listening free. It's totally free, even if you're not a premium member. We're excited that there are new listeners that are going to find this show, and I'm so grateful for everybody that subscribes, listens, rates, and reviews. The Hall of Justice is now on Spotify. Now back to the show. Justice and peace for all mankind. I uh, I got gas over the weekend because I I had a, a like a grocery pickup and that that they bring it out and they put it in your car and I did a grocery pickup and I realized my car didn't have any gas and I was like I don't know where I'm going but gas prices have never been this cheap I have to get gas and I literally I pulled into the gas station and before I went to the pump I because in New Jersey uh, you're not allowed to pump your own gas. Oh. I um, yeah, New Jersey and Oregon. Those are the two places you're not allowed. And I I took a $20 bill and I snuck it in the gas cap. And I pulled up and I literally, I didn't open my window and I pointed to the guy. I was very polite. And I just said, could you put $20 regular? And he did. And I never came in contact with him. Like, that's how serious people are taking it. And yet... You know, I'll get asked six times a day on Twitter, when's baseball coming back? And I, I, I have no answers because until I don't have to live in that world, I don't know what to tell people. Oh, nobody knows. I mean, yeah, nobody knows. Uh, it's, you know, it's, we don't have anything really to compare this to in at least recent history, uh, unless you start going back to, you know, <laughs> the black plague or something like that. So it's just, it's, I think they're all kind of figuring this out. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally, I totally agree. Um, let's get to some of your, um, your, 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 I don't want to say the reaction, you know, you have a social media presence and you're out there and you've been a great follow on Twitter, but the idea, but the idea that people are more well known, like I didn't know who the voice of Wonder Woman was on the Super Friends, like that—that's not something I ever paid attention to. And I don't think until I was an adult, you know, I was I was in college when Batman the animated series came out, and I don't think I ever knew what Kevin Conroy looked like. I would I wouldn't know what he looked like. I knew what Mark Hamill looked like because he was in Star Wars, but. This idea that now you guys are at conventions and people come up to you and they know who you are because of Phineas and Ferb and your face is not in Phineas and Ferb. How does that work? <laughs> uh, it is kind of interesting. Um, you know, when I, I was also a huge fan of Batman, the animated series and uh, great little story. I actually would watch credits and, Andrea Romano was the voice director for that series, and I wrote her a fan letter when that show was on, and I was like, man, someday I'm going to move to Los Angeles and be a voice actor, and I hope to work with you someday, and, you know, many years later, uh, we actually did work together numerous times, um, but that was rare, you know, it's not like, like you said, people wouldn't know who Kevin Conroy was or, uh, you know, some of these other voice actors. And now there's a visibility to it that has never been there before. I, it's, I just have gone to like the, my car, like I popped a tire, uh, 
a handful of months ago, took my car in to get fixed, and one of the guys working there recognized me. Oh, no way. And uh, I've gone through the airport and been recognized before. It's, it's, it's lovely, but it's always kind of startling. Like, I, I always have that first minute where I'm like, oh, I think they're confusing me for somebody else. And then, no, they, they're like, you were the voice of Haruko and, you know, FLCL or something like this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, that, that was me. It's, it's very odd. It's, it's, uh, it's flattering, uh, but kind of surreal. I promise you, I might even take this story out of the podcast, but it's so funny. Um, I could count on like two hands the amount of times I've been recognized, but they are for some of the dumbest things. I'll never forget. This is over 10 years ago. I was working for SNY, which is a TV network for the Mets. And I was I was working on SNY and my grandmother passed away. And my mother, in her mourning, uh, grabs the only the, the 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 funeral home asks for a photo. Uh, the last time she looked really healthy, and they mortician does their thing to try to restore whatever they do, and that's not my interest. And I, you know, thank God I don't go to funeral homes a lot. And my mom grabs my sister's wedding photo because that was the last place she had been really healthy goes in with my grandfather and my two uncles to a funeral home and they're meeting with the funeral home and it's sad and they're crying. And all of a sudden they bring out the mortician and I'm hearing all this secondhand and the mortician comes out and he's wearing all black because that's what a mortician has to be wearing. Of course. And he comes out and he grabs the photo and literally goes, is that Seth Everett? The mortician. <laughs> that is the best story ever. You, you have got to leave that in. That is All right, it's it'll stay. <laughs> but, <laughs> and and my grandfather got so excited. My mother calls me. I was at her house. And she goes, "Are you sitting down? Can you believe?" I go, "Mom, she died. What else could happen?" And it was that. It was, <laughs> That's fantastic. That's actually a really. It's a funny one. That's a great story. it's a it's a funny one um anime uh a lot of those roles are voiced by other people and you do the uh, english dubbing what how do you transition from a mortician to anime um (laughs) now i have to leave in the podcast because that that line wouldn't make sense um (laughs) uh is it something where you have to do you do you watch the show in the original language first or do you ignore that and just go by the script? How does that work? Well, um, how I how I first got started in in the whole anime world was I I there was an ad for you know actors wanted for a new cartoon, and so I went and I auditioned, and then they they called me in for a callback, and they said, "Listen, we're going to send you home um, with a with a tape of of." a scene we just want you to uh try to capture the tone and the and the vibe of this character don't worry you won't understand what they're saying because it's all in japanese but just see if you can kind of get the feel for it um and so you know i watched some of those scenes of the original japanese and came back and, and ended up booking the role and that was Haruko and, and flcl um so there is something to be said for we always listen to the original Japanese um, and and try to it, it's a delicate balance because you're you're trying to create the character while also kind of paying homage to the original performance. Um, so definitely when we go into the studio for anime, uh, we will hear the lines in the original Japanese in our headphones Got and it. Then we will perform them. Um, the, the few times I've seen where they kind of go away from that a little bit is if the characterization just would not fly for an American audience. Wow. Um, I remember doing one, um, one character, and she was described as being a 30-something military commander, and she sounded like, you know, like that. And, <laughs> and the client was like, this is- Were those real words? 
Uh, <laughs> I've been to Japan. That doesn't sound like it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> So yeah, so so we changed it a little bit because you know the the American director was like, "Listen, guys, nobody in the U.S. is going to buy that. That's a thirty-something military commander." So let's let's change the voice up a little bit. But um, yeah, usually they try to at least stay in the same wheelhouse as the original Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I remember I, I was in Japan, and I remember there was a commercial for I think it was a car service. And all you had to do was dial nine a bunch of times on your phone and you could get them. And nine in Japanese is Q. And so they, that person in that voice, like the voice you just did, it could have been you, goes, you just, you know, you did, blah, 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 and they would go, Q, 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 Q. And that's all I remember. That's <laughs> I wish I had done that commercial. <laughs> right? That would be a good one. <laughs> um. There's one parallel when, you know, like I said, when I was doing some research between, you know, your work and the skills that you developed. So, so you clearly can do a million voices, uh, 500 from what I hear. And there's an acting part of it because, you know, I've always said, you know, I go to these SAG after meetings and they always talk about voiceover and there's really two facets of it. Like, I think I could hold my own if I read an audiobook. You know what I mean? I could read some story and I, I know how to, you know, be eloquent with the words and read slowly and, and do what those narrator guys do. I couldn't hold a candle to what you do. How did you get that skill? Because, yeah, being a good speaker is one thing. You're an actor and a voice actor. That's the, that's the biggest misconception that I get about voice acting is people are like, well, anybody can do it because anybody can talk. Um, but really, I, I find that the people that have sustained a career doing, you know, listen, you can, any one person can luck out and they can book a job. The people that have really had long-term traction in the field of voiceover work are just really great actors in general. Um, and the tricky thing is, is, you know, you, you can't rely on all of these other tools as an actor to tell the story. You can't rely on your body movements. You can't rely on your facial expressions. Um, I remember doing a session one time and, and I said a line and the director said, okay, I want you to do it again, but angrier. So I did the line again. And she said, Okay, your face looked angrier, but your voice sounded exactly the oh, same. Oh, that's so interesting. So it's almost like um, it's almost like your voice is an instrument. It's almost like a a radio, and you've got to learn how to just dial it in these subtle little increments up and down. You know, so you're starting off low, and then you're going to kind of just a you know, and it's it's. I, I guess it's just kind of an ongoing work in progress to sort of uh, learn what your voice can do for one thing. And then the acting chops underneath it, you know, how do you create characters? How do you uh, make choices so that it's not just a funny sounding voice? You know, how do you give that character like life and wants and goals and layers and I I find that people that do voiceover either come from like a theater or a radio background usually. Mm. Um, and I definitely came from a theater background and uh, it's it served me pretty well, knock on wood, in the voiceover world. No, it, it's amazing. And, and, you know, you've already agreed to come on the show. I can't keep kissing <laughs> you about this much. I mean, you can't. I'm already here. I'm already all right. Here. Yeah. You're already on the show. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't get any better than this. Um, uh, <laughs> I wanted to to dive in, you know, just because I, I, know, I know what our audience is going to really want to know. Um, one of your earlier gigs, you had done Ben 10 and you had done some big shows before it. But when you did uh, Legion of Superheroes, which is a very underrated show, um, it was the first of the shows that wasn't part of the same, you know, Bruce Tim animated world. You know, this was a different one. And. 
you know, Superman was, they couldn't call him Superboy because of a legal thing, but he was a kid and it was, it was a great show. You played Saturn Girl. Uh, you did some others, but you, I, I put in my notes, you played Saturn Girl. And I remember that. Um, you said you had watched Batman the Animated Series. Like, could you tell a difference when, and it's not to put down the other shows by, I am not putting down Phineas and Ferb for one second, but Legion of Superheroes is those guys. It's those iconic characters. Is there a different vibe to something like that? Legion of Superheroes was uh, really great because, you know, James Tucker worked on that show and yep. he and uh, Bruce Tim had worked together. And so this was kind of James taking it in his own direction. And uh, it, it having been so inspired by some of those action adventure shows was a huge deal to get to work on that series and there is kind of a a different feel um you know where it's it's much more dramatic and cinematic than some of the zanier cartoons um and the storytelling was so great i mean we we really had hoped to keep going with with that show and um i think the network got bought out by another network and stuff like that it was just kind of a casualty of of uh, politics we didn't get another season but man we all wanted to keep working on that show it was just uh just amazing and and very pivotal i think in my in my life i i could just i could just imagine because then all of a sudden you know once super super you know superhero people love you i mean you can't lose that that is that is with you for life um (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully they do. I'm, you know, it's it's weird because like when I do, I loved graphic novels as a kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a Wonder Woman book uh, that was a compilation of a bunch of the old Wonder Woman comic books, and I checked it out from the library so many times that the book fell apart. <laughs> and and it wasn't until years and years later when eBay started up that I like was able to find it because the book went out of print and stuff like that. So so I really love superheroes you know i i read a lot of x-men in college i i was a big fan of the gail simone run of birds of play uh so anytime i book a superhero role especially if it's from um, one of the universes that i read there's like this extra pressure to try to try to do it justice just as a fan as well as uh as a voice actor i can i can just imagine um what were some of you said you read you read books? Uh, were, were cartoons a big thing for you? Because you seem like you know Batman the animated series. Um, you were probably either a teenager or older. Um, I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm. I'm just guessing from what I <laughs> what I researched. You, you never ask a lady her age. I, you know, but I I, I'm just. Kid. I was a young teenager. <laughs> but you saw. But you saw the the um, the evolution of this stuff. I mean, yeah. you saw it go from, you know, the Super Friends to the Ruby Spears Superman show to all of a sudden this change in in the way this was being treated. And I mean, I was I was in college and I've said many times on this show, I mean, we used to get high and watch Batman, the animated series. Like that was <laughs> that was the greatest. We would shut all the lights and I lived in a co-ed dorm and girls would do it, too. Like and and and, and it was not a nerdy thing in any way. We would we would go into somebody's room, shut all the lights, and and we would you know VHS tape uh, Batman the Animated Series because it was on at like four in the afternoon. And when you're in college, who could who could see something at four o'clock in the afternoon? Right. And we it was totally that that. And I can remember where I was from those episodes. And there's not a cartoon, and this is not to knock the earlier cartoons. They are literally night and day different. And now you're in. I mean, you did uh, Wolverine and the X Men. Um, what a, what a, what an, what an adult show that wasn't rated R. It feel, I feel like today in superhero animation, if it's dark, it goes way dark. And if it's light, it goes way light. It's teen Titans go. And, and again, it's not to knock either one of them, but the shows that I'm talking about, you know, young justice and, 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 and clone wars, these are for the teenager, but they're, also for the 30 year old the the 40 year old that loves this material too those shows are so relatable absolutely well i think i think the 
just the biggest change I've seen is that there was this preconceived notion for a long time that cartoons were just for kids. And so I think we've seen during our lifetime that shift of, of no, these cartoons are for everybody and have the silly, um, uh, more slapstick cartoony cartoons, but then you can also have that really, really serious, um, you know, almost R-rated uh, vibe to the cartoons and tell more mature stories. Uh, and I think, that, I think that's really cool. You know, I, I think it's, I think that there are stories that we can tell through animation that sometimes you can't even get away with live action. I think that there are themes. I mean, you see this in anime a lot. There are themes that you can uh, explore through animation that you almost couldn't get away with in a different medium. So it's, it's, it's been cool to kind of see that evolution in just the time that I've been, you know, watching cartoons and doing voiceover work for it. And, it, you know, it's, it's, it's grown from there. I mean, I mean, Ben 10 has its following. I, again, this is not to knock these shows in, in, in any way. Um, you work with, I love, uh, I love Ben 10. No, I, I, I'm sure. And you played uh, Charmcaster. Am I saying that correctly? Did. I, I played Charmcaster in the first three versions of the show, actually. So it was it was pretty cool because when they did the reboots, you know, a lot of you know, every time there's a reboot, it's just kind of common knowledge that a lot of recasting hmm. sometimes happens. Uh, so I, I felt really lucky that in the first three versions of the show, I actually got to play Charmcaster. It was a lot of fun. And you did, and you did both uh, Avengers shows, which is you know the great Marvel mystery. You were on Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes. You played Jane Foster, and I I read that. And then you were also on the reboot of that, which was Avengers Assemble. You played Wasp, which was an even bigger role. And yeah. no one understood why they rebooted the first one for the second one. But hey, they don't argue with the work, right? My my favorite though on the first one was was playing uh, the enchantress. That was that was you. Oh my goodness! I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was kind of cool because I I did the enchantress's voice in uh, the Hulk versus Thor movie, the animated movie. Sure, and, sure, um, yeah. And then and then they started the cartoon series, and um, so I got to do the enchantress, and then Jane Foster came in kind of a little later, and so I got to do her voice as well oh, okay uh, so so yeah it's, it's i don't know i just think the enchantress especially is such a cool character but yeah i've been doing wasp now on on uh on the new version and then some of the video games and and stuff like that as well so uh gotta love i love Marvel. it's so funny I, every time there's two jokes about every time i have a, a, a voice person on um they always work in video games always <laughs> Yeah, because if you're not a big gamer, I wouldn't know that. You know what I mean? And I don't think to ask it, but it's always a big thing. And it's got to be decent money because every voice actor I know always says, oh, and I did that person for video games, too. And I'm like, oh, that's right. Well, I mean, it's funny to me sometimes because people will say like, oh, I only want to do voiceover for, for cartoons or I only want to do voiceover for anime or something like this. And I'm like, are you kidding me? If they... If they offered you a, like my, one of my bucket list things that I haven't done over is I, I am dying to get one of those commercials or like a, a drug, like a really embarrassing thing. Like black <laughs> be improved by taking zero Lex, you know, I like those commercial that like voiceover wise, you should want to do everything. Um, and so, yeah, uh, voiceover for video games is a huge part of a lot of people's work. So <laughs> I, 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 I can just but imagine my, my flatulence drug, man. That's the one I haven't gotten. That's yet. the one. That's, yeah. that's the one. So we had an idea. We were, we were kicking around this idea and I think it would be fun as heck and you would be perfect for it. That what we do is we send it out on some form of social media and the project is, Get on a recorder, whether it's an iPhone or, you know, it doesn't have to be a fancy studio, but get on a recorder and you can do this anonymously. Record 10 minutes 
on what you would do if you were quarantined by yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And not with kids or spouses or roommates or now, now I can ask because do pets count because I have been quarantined by myself but I so have you've been count. quarantined by yourself see I don't want to get dirty here so you've been <laughs> quarantined by yourself but you have a pet and and I just think if if you sent the message out like some somebody with a, a, an amazing social media following this would be a great <laughs> idea for a podcast just send it out men women whatever you do not have to put your name to it and come up with some random address to send them to. You would get oh, I people think going. Be amazing. Oh my god, I, it would be such must listen to. I would want to hear all of it. I, I give a lot of um, I I give a lot of like uh, self help inspiration talks to my cats. Oh, I, I bet. Probably, <laughs> you probably I bet. get a lot of that. Oh my gosh. Oh, I would yeah. want the person. I would want the person that would like. One guy would be like. I'd eat all the donuts I could, you know, like, <laughs> like what that would be one thing. And then there's one, you know, some, some pervert would be like, I'd be watching porn all day. Like you could get all these different ones and nobody would put their names to it. So everyone would say their most honest thoughts. And oh my God, it would be such a great lesson. The problem is with the fan base, if you have voice actors do it. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was totally. <laughs> <laughs> wasp wants to, no I'm, I'm not going there no right. i will not We're go going there. there in our brains right we did it in our brains it's left alone right where it is but I think holy moly should, i think you should really start that oh my god it would be so much fun i said to the guys who who helped me put the, this show together i said wouldn't that be fun and he said yeah but you wouldn't want to attach your name to it i said absolutely right I said, I don't want to know anything about it. I don't want to make it. I would just want to hear it. That would just be something I would want to hear. Um, I have to ask you about one show that is my summer project. One of the shows that's on Disney Plus that I had never seen is Marvel's Future Avengers. It's an anime show. And you are Wasp again. And Enchantress. And Enchantress. Yes. That was kind of a... That was kind of a cool project because when they first got the rights to it, it, it didn't have a home. So we were just recording all of these episodes and I'm like, well, we don't know if it's. It was really under the radar. Like I, uh, I'm in yeah. this, it, I'm in this genre and I had no idea what it was until I saw it. It's cute. It's kind of a, it's a nice mixture of Eastern and Western aesthetics, you know? So you've got the, You've got the Marvel Avengers characters, but they're done in a slightly more anime uh, art style, which I think is very cool. I always love it when classic characters are kind of reimagined in different styles. And, you know, and then you've got these these kids that are kind of like teaming up to help the Avengers. And um, it's it's a super cute show. So I'm, I'm really glad that maybe now it's going to it's got a home. And so maybe it'll uh, get some, some uh, of a following. and. Uh, and, and they got some great voice talent for it as well. And a lot of the folks that had done the Avengers voices in other versions are coming back to do their voices again. So, Right. We we just had uh, Roger Craig Smith was on ah, uh, a couple great. of weeks ago. And uh, also Vanessa Marshall. Ah, I uh, love Vanessa. <laughs> wow. You, you don't have a bad thing to say about anybody. I, um, no, 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 keep listening. And then, but, oh, but, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Well, I, I made a joke because we did a, a bunch of podcasts to promote uh, Superman Red Sun, the uh, oh, the yeah. animated feature. And we, so Roger joined us and Vanessa and Diedrich Bader. Wow. And they were all super nice. And Kevin Conroy has been on a bunch of times. And Susan Eisenberg's one of my dearest friends. And uh, Phil Lamar has been on this show. And I mean, we just, we I, I'm telling you, voice actors, we love having voice actors. Steve Bloom was on. Uh, um, I mean, they're all just really fantastic people like i i had to keep myself from saying oh i love that person right well but that's the thing like i i said to i said to uh to one of the pr guys uh you know you know gary i said to 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 gary mariano i said why is it that every person you work with is nicer than the next 
I said, oh, yeah. there's no assholes here. And it's crazy. What is it about voice actors? I, I genuinely put that in my notes to ask you is, what is it about voice actors? Why are they so nice? Um, you know, I think part of it is that, is that, uh, wow, I have so many answers to that. Um, there is that, because there's always been that little air of anonymity, um, mm. I think that the people that, that last in voiceover and, and stay in it aren't fueled by fame. They're, they're fueled by the work and doing what they love mm. to do. Um, you know, obviously now there's, there's some more recognition happening with social media and everything, but, but the most part, I, I think that the people that gravitate towards voiceover and stay in it, um, are, have been less motivated by visibility mm. and more in the work. And so I think that makes a big difference. Um, also I think most people that end up in voiceover realize, Hey, you know, we're, we're all expendable to a certain degree, you know? Uh, so the ego is kind of taken out of it. Uh, you know, cause a lot of us do voice matching for, for other characters and for, you know, on-camera actors and stuff like that. And it's, it's such a hired gun kind of thing. And you're always auditioning for the next job. So there's, there's just a, a sense of, of, you know, don't let your ego get in the way. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess those would be the two biggest things that I would say. And just, you know, anybody who loves cartoons and that sort of thing is, is usually a little bit more of a likable person too, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last thing, and I don't want to get you in trouble, um, but I, I, I thought of something and it's something that's come up on our show a bunch. And uh, I, I have a, I just have a hunch you'll give a great answer for this. Um, there has been a push in recent times to have celebrity quote unquote uh voice actors for certain projects um and you'll go to a premiere of an event and again i'm not i'm not picking on one group because it's a trend that's throughout the industry that you know they try to advertise the voice actor now and they try to you know get celebrities in there to be the voices and sometimes I just want to hear the voice people do their thing because they're better at it. And it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a theme that has been going on. Is that something you're conscious of, or is that something that has been going on for a while? We just didn't know about. Oh, absolutely. We're conscious of it. I mean, it's, it's a trend that I, I want to say that, that the, maybe around the time of Aladdin, with with Robin Williams, who absolutely deserved the part of that genie, he did a great job with it. I think that was kind of maybe the first, right? That's fair. Visibly, uh, you know, put out there. Uh, but even in the last five years, it's intensified. Uh, even in the last ten years, I mean, it's a trend that rapidly we've seen taking over the voiceover world. And, you know, here's the thing, like, to a certain degree, does it suck? Yeah, it does. Because, you know, there are people that I know would do a better job than someone, you know, who is being hired for their on-camera draw and, you know, being hired to hopefully do the late night talk show interview. And that stinks. But... If you look at it from the optimist side, uh, that is creating more work for voice actors. Uh, you know, it used to be when I was younger that there was the one big Disney animated movie that would come out once every two right. years. Like Aladdin, yeah. Aladdin and Little Mermaid and those. Yeah, yeah I remember seeing a, an ad for The Lion King and it was going to be coming out like in two years. And you know, it was an event. It was a huge thing. Uh, but now, you know, you've got multiple, multiple animated movies coming out every year. You've got multiple TV shows coming out on all the different streaming services. And that's more work for everybody. 
And, and quite honestly, the voice actors that are really good at their job, I mean, a lot of times those big celebrities that do the movies aren't available for the TV show. So a voice actor will, will book the voice match for the TV show or that celebrity won't you know, want to do their pickup lines. So some voice actor will get to do, you know, do the ADR for them or something like that. Like, again, I guess the optimist in me says, well, you kind of take your ego out of the equation and say, okay, sure it stinks that maybe they're replacing people, but it's generating more work for everybody. And, and, and mm. I think most voice actors are like, I want to be in this for the long haul. I want to keep doing it. And then when that great project comes along where they hire a voice actor to do the lead for something, great person totally deserves it. That's very, very cool. Um, You've been awesome. I hope you had as much fun as we had uh, having you on this show. (laughs) Totally. This show is so (laughs) relaxed and so much fun and, Considering we're both in quarantine, you don't have to talk to a dog. You get to talk to a real live boy. In my pajamas. Like, I didn't even have to have shower for this. It's very exciting. You know how many people, you know, we have about 40,000 listeners to this goddamn podcast. Do you know how many people have been wondering since you said you were home alone? Everybody wanted to know, and I was too gentlemanly to ask. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Okay. There's so many people in the podcast. I guarantee you, and I will tag you on any tweet I get and say, thank you. She told you. I was wondering the whole time. That Now, nobody was wondering before we knew you were home. But once we okay. knew you were home, everyone, okay. We're, here's, we're here's what I'm going to say to you guys. I'm going to say this to all of you guys out there to really put this. this uh, and ladies story. who listen to the show, too. And, and ladies. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. Like my biggest pet peeve is when people say, oh my gosh, you do voiceover. You can show up in your, you know, sweatpants and look crappy at your sessions. Nobody, at least the females that do voiceover regularly that I know, they don't show up looking crappy to sessions. They show up looking fantastic to sessions. Uh, Put some pride in your work. Yeah. You take pride. You're out there looking good in the world and stuff like that. Um, But I will say that. (laughs) In the quarantine period, <laughs> I've been showering and dolling up about every two or three days, and this is not one of those days. <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually in my PJs right now. Wow. As soon as I get off of this podcast, I'm actually going to be recording a major voiceover session. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, we're keeping it real today. <laughs> so That's so funny. Uh, you know, it, it, it it's just... The, the the whole nature of quarantine, it's such a strange time because what I'm finding is people all over the country are taking it different levels of seriousness. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I live 20 minutes outside of New York. The guy across the street from me has coronavirus. We live walking distance from a hospital. There's 680 cases there. I mean, we, we take this really seriously. And then I'll I'll talk to some guy in Fort Myers, Florida, and they'll be like, yeah, I went to the store this morning. I'm like, you went where? So I get it. You know, the rules are all off in quarantine. Um, Okay, I I lied. I have one more. What's your (laughs) thought on all these shows that are trying to do these random entertainment shows from home? You know, Saturday Night Live did it over the weekend. And, um, you know, the Tonight Show and all the other equivalents, the Jimmy Kimmel. And their kids are walking onto the screen and all these other things. I, I'm so mixed about these things. I appreciate that they're trying. And I'm not saying I could do better by any stretch, but I don't know. I, I'd rather see reruns, I think. Well, I I guess I mean I guess I don't really care. Like I, I You don't you don't watch that stuff anyway. I, I don't necessarily it's not what I would gravitate towards anyway. Right, I get it. I get it. I'm into- I'm into comfort movies right now. Like I'm just rewatching stuff that I've already seen before. Cause I like mission impossible movies. I know <laughs> Tom Cruise is going to survive the movie cause there's a sequel and that's the comfort I need right now. John wick. I know that Keanu Reeves is going to avenge that dog. And that's your, con- <laughs> I was expecting like fever pitch or mean girls. <laughs> You're like Mission impossible. <laughs> I can't tell you how much joy and, and comfort the John Wick movies bring me. I, I don't know what that says about me. That is tremendous. 
so yeah. So I, as far as the, you know, the live stuff, listen, we're all just kind of trying to get by and people continue to want to be entertained. People continue to want connection. And so if somebody's a huge fan of Saturday Night Live and they're like, yeah, it was kind of cool to to see them, you know, try to keep it going and stuff. Great. If no, no, I, I, I applaud the efforts. I, I, I really do. Yeah. I, apl- I applaud the efforts. It's it's hard. I mean, it's it's really hard, hard to do. What is the last superhero movie, either live action or animation that you saw? Birds to Prey. Really? Pray. I just uh, it's crazy because I had meant to see it in the theater. And, but then the world uh, stopped. And then the world stopped. Like <laughs> I, I was really busy and I was traveling a lot and stuff. And then the world stopped. And so they released it early on rental, yep. which yep, I appreciated. Did. And it was fun. You know, I, I, had a, I had a fun time watching that. Um, uh, <laughs> my lips are sealed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I, it, is it my, my top, is it the top of my list of superhero movies that I've ever seen in my entire life? <laughs> Maybe not so much, but, uh, you know, it's fun. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if I have my pick, I'm probably going to watch uh, John Wick 2 again. Well, this John Wick 2. I'm not asking why. I'm not going to ask why. I refuse. Uh, nine episodes ago, uh, episode 171, for those of you still with us, uh, 171, we did a big-time review of Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. and. Yeah, I have Oops. a few that that uh, when I check out that episode that yeah <laughs> was not not the best no, <laughs> but you know one of the, the the my favorite episodes of this podcast that I we ever did was when we ranked there had been thirty DC Universe animated releases, and we ranked them one through thirty. And the weird part was there were there's not an egg in the in the lot. Like there's thirty of them. They're they're all good, but there is a difference between the number two movie and the number twenty nine movie. And separating that is fascinating. And that's I, one of the, I don't know if it was our most listened to because Zack Snyder was our most listened to podcast. And next week has a really good shot, and I'm not giving it away who it is, but there's a really good chance a lot of people will download that, and people are going to download this one too. But um, that that probably was the most fun when we just had a project like that and had to rank all the animation. Because, like I said, we're animation junkies here. Oh, I love it. I love it. You guys, you guys keep us going. That's the <laughs> so cool. I mean, thank you to everybody uh, that that tunes in to animation. I mean, I love it. Uh, how can people find you? How can people find you online? And they um, want to know what your shower schedule is. Yeah, absolutely. Because you'll be able to tell from the pictures. Because like, <laughs> it'll it'll just be like video clips, and you know, then like certain certain like nicely lit selfies, and you'll be like, "Oh, she showered today." No, anyway. This can't be your first appearance because I'm literally just lobbing it to you, and you're hitting <laughs> solid line drives. Um, <laughs> but yes, you can find me on social media, and I actually do love hearing from fans, and and if people are still out there being like, Hey, who is this girl? Um, you can, you can see clips and, and hear more of the voices and stuff that I've done in, in cartoons and video games over the years, uh, at Kari Walgren. And that's K A R I W A H L G R E N because my parents are big Swedes. And, there you go. uh, and, uh, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook official under, under that name and love to hear from folks. Awesome. And whenever we have someone on that is willing to give their social media, I end the show by saying, if you have any issues with any of the stuff that we talked about here on this here episode, reach out to her directly and leave me out of it. <laughs> Bring it. Carrie, this was so much fun. I, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for doing this. And I, I can't wait to have you on again. And if we're quarantined for like months more, you're coming back. I hate to say it. Thank you. Well, hopefully, hopefully not, but, uh, <laughs> Hopefully not to the quarantine or hopefully not to coming back. Let's just oh, well, call it what it is. <laughs> that's uh, that's Kari Walgren right here on the Hall of Justice. Our thanks to, uh, to her and to everybody that helped us put this show together. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for the ratings and the reviews. We appreciate all the kind words and even the nasty ones as well. And if you are listening when this is released, please be safe out there. For God's sake, stay home at all, if at all possible. Uh, that's Kari Walgren. I'm Seth Everett. This is the Hall of Justice. <laughs>
Oh, 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 oh,